What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Hayes. And I'm Jeff Fedge Boyd. And this is the Papa Fedge Archive Project. You did that well. Well, thank you. I kind of kicked in my radio voice there. For <laughs> hey, <a second>. hey. <laughs> it's Papa Fedge Archive I al- Project. I always thought I could do that, but then I, what if I go to work and forget to use that voice? When, what if I get to work and I start, I'm in a hurry and I just start with this one. They're like, hey, who's that guy? That reminds me when I got my phone and I, when the phone, phones, cell phones first came out with, you could um, voice, tell it to voice dial, you know? So first time I was like, Call babe like uh-huh. that. I wanted to call my wife. You know, yeah. the problem was I got in the store and I wanted to use it, and then people around I didn't want in the middle of the grocery store go call babe like that. <laughs> so then I'm trying to go on the way. Call babe. <laughs> it wouldn't work. Check this out. What is this? That looks familiar right there. That was a long time ago. You're quite Steve-o. the stud there. Look at check that was that a out. long time. That's a is life. that you or did you get that off years. a magazine? No, that's 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I said uh, I was said in the last episode that I was across the hall and I grabbed it, grabbed it and thought I'd This is the project in, that you made. Yeah, that is a project that got done. Yeah, yeah actually it is. It's that's one of the first Fedge projects. Yeah, it was right out of the Navy, like we talked about, and um, I think uh, seven of the ten are, are songs that I wrote myself. For real? Yeah. Well, don't play with us. You got to give us a little oh, something. Oh, I don't know. Come on, uh, you got to give us something. What's your favorite song on here? Well, it's one of the ones I didn't write. There's a chorus on there. It's the last song on the album, and it was a chorus I learned when I went to Jamaica, actually. Jamaica, um, man. So right from after- Warsaw, Warsaw, Indiana, went all the way to Jamaica. Yeah, I've been to Jamaica. <laughs> I... So our youth group in Huron, South Dakota, after my senior year, we took the first AIM trip of any What's an youth. AIM trip? Oh, AIM is called, I think it's Ambassadors in Mission through the Assemblies of God. Yeah, Ambassador in Missions. Okay. And um, we were the first, we were just sitting around like in February, or six or eight of us in our youth group. Maybe that was the whole youth group. I don't know. <laughs> I have to think. I can't. I buried. Yeah, there, it wasn't real much bigger. Maybe uh, fifteen or something. But I wouldn't be like it wasn't like sixty out of, six out of sixty of us. Uh, and and my, our youth pastor Steve Shibley. Some people might be watching this would know him now. Uh, recognize that name. Uh, we were in the in his office, and there was this poster that had just come in the mail for him. Aim aim poster going to Jamaica. And we chatted about it for like 15 minutes, and one of us was like, let's go there. And Steve goes, you guys want to go there? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's. Okay. And it just set itself in motion. And, and it ended up on your, on your project here? Um, yeah. One of the, a course that we learned while we were down there okay. uh, ended up on this, yep, on this um, album that I did, well, album project. So, Don't okay. leave us hanging. Oh, boy. Okay, I'll just, we're not going any farther until you sing. Okay, uh, maybe I'll just sing a little bit, but here's how it starts out. It goes like it's goes home. Will you be poured out like wine upon the altar for me? Will you be broken like bread to feed the hungry? Will you be so one in me that I can do just as I will? 
Will you be light and life and love, my word fulfilled? That's awesome. Thanks, because I know I didn't give you any prep for that. I know. But... I like I didn't do any Z's or whatever. <laughs> right? <laughs> I did a lot while I was working on that. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like, because I've actually done one of these myself. What? So it talks about you know being poured out like wine on the altar. A lot of terms that some people might not understand what that what that means what kind of in a nutshell do you mind telling us kind of what that song meant to you why it ended up on your project why was it sure. so important and to it's you? actually going to tie in well with that's what i thought when we get to the uh, yeah. later on in this i think it's uh, oddly perfectly. enough or you know maybe that's the synergy we got almost like we planned it but we, but we no didn't, we didn't we didn't yeah. plan it really we have a disclaimer we, yeah <laughs> we didn't plan it but if i'm something like, looks planned we didn't plan yeah, it yeah yeah because we're not that we're not very smart <laughs> <laughs> so what that means to to me is that I'm a believer in in God and and one thing I will probably bring out or say oftentimes over the next months, years, weeks, weeks, months, years. The way I describe it to myself is uh everything in the God has everything in the universe on a retainer. Okay. Like a law firm would have a lawyer, they okay. call him and they so all the things that are happening all at one time, I feel are kind of God things. It, and so little and small and big everywhere. I mean, little to big and medium in between. So what this song is, says to me is basically like in a nutshell, would you like to come to work for me? God saying that asking us for those who are listening, would you like to come work with me? Yeah. And that- instead of ourselves yourself, how about come and work, work with me for me alongside me and, and then what this how all that is is that and then the the reprieve is yes i'll be poured out like wine i'll be broken like bread i will give my life to you yeah I'll, and when I'll, wine isn't any good until you pour it out i mean it's sitting like, in a bottle is not doing anybody any good right but when yeah. you pour it out then someone can taste it the same way with god when god wants to use you to make the world a better place is that yeah right what's that um poured out like wine upon the altar for me meaning you know Will you sacrifice things in your life for this bigger cause? Okay, is what wow. that that line would mean. Okay. And uh, you know, broken like bread that's to feed beautiful. the hungry. That's self-explanatory. So that's what that. That's why that resonated with me, and I okay. couldn't find where it really became mainstream chorus in America. So I felt pretty comfortable. I Go ahead, it. It. So that leads me to another question then. So, did, were you always a believer in God? Did you always want to follow what He wanted you to do? Well, or did that um, happen later in your life? No, it's pretty early. I mean, we I was a church individual from some from forever. Church of Christ up until age 8, I think. Okay. Would have been um 70. Yeah, 8. Uh we lived in here on about 1 year as Church of Christ people and then we sw- swapped over swapped out for Assemblies of God. And then all of us all but one sibling made that transition. So most of my myself and my siblings were raised the rest of that time and do you feel like your life even though you're a kid you went to church and stuff like that but do you feel like your life was like that chorus where it was being used by god to help other people well there was an internal struggle in that um i would have my more as a young person and we're talking um i don't really remember being i don't remember maybe before south dakota being too overbearing and, and loud and boisterous, which I'm about ready to describe my, okay. a lot of my adolescence. So, um, we'll say from South Dakota on uh, maybe sec, we'll say second grade, first, second grade on 
just this tendency to uh, crave attention or um, want to be the center of attention or feel like I needed to be, uh, I would have fun. I was, I'm pretty relatively funny guy. So I would have these sayings and if I could make people laugh, I didn't, one of the things about that time I would, I didn't mind doing it at other people's expense. Right. As long as I felt it gained me. You didn't mind using your humor to to make other people look, make people laugh at other people. So you could look, you get attention about what age frame is this? Let's say, let's say, um, I don't really remember kindergarten and earlier being that sophisticated for that. So early grade school on okay. teachers, especially were my, were my main target. Like if I could make them look bad and get the class to laugh with me or whatever, and I got to be pretty good at it, sadly. But um, so I can remember um, Steve-O being, going to church as second, third, fourth grader in that range and thinking the things on the weekend when I go to church and how I feel and how I know I'm supposed to be acting and stuff. It's like my heart was in the right place, but then pulling it off, I didn't have the skill set. I couldn't. I didn't have the self-control because I'd get to school and I'd cre- I want people to think I was cool or funny or at least notice me one way or the other. And I remember thinking this isn't consistent with what I'm learning on the weekends, but I could, I was pretty powerless to do anything but about it. You didn't it. know how to change that. You, you felt like you were living a different way on the weekend. Than yes, you were. I did. So would you say, would it be fair to say then on the weekends you felt like you were living more like God wanted you to live and on during the week you lived more according to how fed you'd want you to live? Yeah. And I, I remember, I remember, um, it's interesting cause this isn't anything that I plan, like as I was formulating this episode that I would stumble into, but here we are. Right. So the, I remember thinking, uh, that I, I was understanding what was being asked of me, but I felt so like I couldn't get it. I wasn't going to get it done even on like in assembly God life, we'd have church on Sunday night and then we would do what called go to the altar. And it's kind of when you just go talk to God, Okay, you know, that kind of thing is, it was common, maybe a little more thorough version of connecting with God than some other denominations would be like, but it was a time where basically everybody contemplated, think, thought about God, allowed God to communicate with them or reveal things to them. And they tell God how they felt that kind of a concept. Yeah. And I always felt open. I always felt there was always, there's always something. Yeah. There, even huh? as a young kid, like, so, and that didn't feel artificial was the fact that I knew by probably by Tuesday, I wasn't really, I didn't have the wherewithal to heart, to keep a lid on it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you said, you told me that you, as a, as a kid, you were, you were fairly loud and boisterous. Are those your yeah, words? Obnoxious. Obnoxious. Um, Making with, fun the, of people. With, yeah. To get attention. And, uh, uh, were you liked much in school? Okay. Hmm. At times. And in certain settings, but for instance, uh, uh, she knows who she is. I'm not mentioning her. <laughs> if she's watching, which she might be, she knows. Well, we got this uh, girl in in ninth grade. This is a for instance, right? And she's new. Maybe a month into school, I think she might have come. And I'll verify maybe later. And um, so we're across the way. She hasn't been in school even two weeks or whatever. And I just start mimicking everything she does. Like if she picks her pencil up, I do. And I stare right at her. Like I was just the most, the dumbest, most stupid way to get a, a nice, you know, gentle, You cute, want her attention. Yeah. And I didn't mind doing it. And even I, I'm sure I know at the 10 year 
for sure at the 10 year and maybe another, maybe at 30, I'm not sure. It was brought up between us. She said, oh, Fedge, you know, but she said it in a vein, like, thank you for turning out normal because you go <laughs> off to a rough start. <laughs> and she was right. So that's an example, right, of of just the carelessness or ineptitude yeah. of trying to accomplish something. And I, I didn't talk more it. about that rough start. Do you have any other examples of your rough start? Your obnoxious. Oh well, um, like yeah, I'd, we got to the point where that same class of girls, we'd they take bets to. I would try. I would go into Mrs. Keel's class and try to get kicked out at the ten minute, ten second mark. Like it got to be such a game. Wow. And Mrs. Keel was was had been there a long time, and she long since sent people to the, to the principal's office because that. That was racking up against her, so she'd just send us off, get out of my class. She didn't okay. care where we went. So I'd come strolling into strolling into um, study hall, right, and people would be looking at their watches, seeing oh if I, right? And I could wind this lady up, right? And, then, <laughs> and every, it was just, it was rude, yeah. you know? I was, I was not, a, I was nice. I was selfish and rude and, and loud, any yeah. other teachers or faculty or well, staff if, that you were rude to? I mentally, I we, my brothers and I had a, had a kind of a standing deal. They kind of physically worked me over, and I mentally worked really? them over. Yeah, really? that's how we did it. Wow! And uh, I think I won on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll get into. Well, we will get. We, I know we will get into it, but we've called it a wash, and I think there theirs has lingered on way past mine, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just irritate them, irritate them to the point of no return. And I don't know if subliminally I was like, hey, even even painful attention is attention. I don't know if I. That's exactly what I was up to, but I was just, I had my pocket of friends and I wasn't, it's not like I was friendless or anything like that, but, um, over time I, I had enemies. I had people that didn't like me, didn't want to be around, around me. And it was, it was palpable. You know, I, I think I told you, uh, earlier in the day, uh, my job at Godfather's, my boss said to me, Fedge, um, you just haven't learned compassion yet. I was not a compassionate person. It didn't enter my mind what my act, if my actions caused heartache to someone else. It it didn't matter because I was I was on a. In fact, you had a time in in uh, Godfather's where you were just just one example. Share with them that example of what you right, did so, to humiliate somebody else. Yeah, well, um, I got my job at Godfather's um, because. A new boss was hired there, and he was there about a week, and he decided to just clean house. He kept one day person and one night person, so that circulated throughout school. He fired everybody else except he for just two like, people. Yeah, he just picked his two favorites, one from each, and just wanted to start clean, right? And so that news circulated throughout school that next day, like this person, this person, this person. I don't work there anymore, and so I went, walked over there from high school. It was not far, a couple blocks across the street to the mall, and got hired. And I started that very night. <laughs> at Godfather's. Wow, that very night. <laughs> yeah, and so I uh, will probably share a little bit later some of the success story, but yeah. the growing pains, you might say, yeah, along my journey, they're they were they're the same thing. the The person I'm describing was that same person that started work there, and 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 I approached that setting the same way. And uh, in I'll fact, make sure we bring up the end of the Godfather success later on yeah, in this yeah, thing. Later. But I want you to tell the story about. 
that person that you yeah yeah we're getting we're getting there i mean okay. maybe too elongated but so um i've been there maybe six eight ten months or something like that and one of the people comes in that had gotten fired earlier and i didn't like him from school he didn't like me and so he's on godfather's had one big hallway and then a deck right so he came down from the hall walked in front of the things and at godfather's if people will remember or if yeah i think most it got pretty nationwide they might remember like a it went like this like uh order number 280 your pie is ready 280 your pie is ready and then the customers would come up and get it and exchange the ticket and it was kind of a you know reverse culvers kind of thing where you came to get your food you would call the number out and they would come and get the pizza right but this particular occasion he was on his way to the bathroom and so when he rounded the corner and i knew where he was going and i said instead of what i should be saying calling out pies i go don't fall in (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's funny now <laughs> yes like like what is it 12 12 kids and counting or whatever with steve martin that movie where and he said funny but wrong <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's save a little time the night did not end well <laughs> okay. i retained my job but barely okay barely now i want to ask you to, to like that teacher wasn't you you made fun of teachers a lot there was also someone else in your school that you made fun of, right? Yeah, this one's hard because um, we had a janitor named Art, and he would never fight back, right? And and so I would just I was just ruthless to him, and I just picked on him and picked on him and picked on him. And he was he was on his fun like he was on his final five year, like he'd already been there decades right he it wasn't like he was he wasn't 40 i can tell just by looking in your eyes i don't think i can catch you on the camera or not but you're still feeling this now yeah it's it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been but it's where i was at and and uh it's very uh indicative of what i'm trying to portray that really from that age of six seven eight all the way to to this moment in time and into my junior year that, you know, I was, I don't know if you say I was living for Fedge, but I was just on trying anything to really have a settled spirit or settled soul or, or maybe I should put it to feel comfortable in my own skin. And I just could not get it done. So you, you made fun of this janitor. I did. Yeah. What you'd say things to him or you would. Yeah. Make fun of his work and but it was pretty brutal yep so how did you get from that like like your friend said at your reunion i'm glad you turned out normal (laughs) how did you get from that loud kid that lived for himself to a person that cares so much about other people that are doing a whole archive project for you know how did you there's a flip that happened in there somewhere can you tell us how that happened yeah it was kind of two really pretty substantial events the first one was uh in that same school in the in the hallways that art used to clean and we had this what they called the window and it was just a long skinny is a wooden door long skinny window looking into study hall and people would that were traveling along their way or on a bathroom break whatever look in there and try to make the people 
in the study hall right make noise and get in trouble <laughs> right so i wasn't unique it wasn't just me that did that uh-huh. that was a pretty standard operation so but i was having my turn at it this particular day so i was looking in quote in quotations in the window and doing my thing and seeing if i could get anybody to laugh and what happened was somebody so the when you looked in there it was like it was like a reverse l when you looked in there off to the left and straight down was like three parts of the room and then one part of the room was just to the right and it was one of these schools where you could you could make that whole study hall into four separate rooms if you just shut the the partitions right but the partitions were always open and it was like a big l or backwards j or whatever seven shape and so somebody in um he was a year ahead of me in school and he's a brother of someone in my class and uh, we were in one class together and, and for good reason, we didn't get along. Like he was on the enemies list um, for sure. And I didn't really see him uh, when I was looking in there. I was kind of looking at more people that I was friends with and seeing if I could pester them or get get, get some emotion out of them. So he was like a couple, three seats away and he probably waited till somebody wasn't looking or nobody was looking and he got out of his chair and took a few steps and he kicked that door and how close were you to that door like right there yeah i was right there and so i still have a scar it split that door the frame around that window you know was like oak or whatever around that tall skinny window so it was pretty right ra- at that pace it was a razor sharp edge it going as fast as he kicked that wow. door and you know i was probably a couple of inches from it and um anyway i had to, i had like a lull thousand one thousand two and i remember thinking oh that hurt i wonder if and then psh, it was just gushing blood. You know? yeah blood i still have a scar here so it's it's traveled with me and so in our school in our high school our assistant principal mr stotes was the surrogate nurse. We had a nurse, but it seemed like she was never there. Right? Like, I don't know. I was telling you earlier, I don't think there was budget cuts and stuff in 1982, but for some reason she had uh, various sundry duties, you might say, this collateral guy, duties. This, this assistant principal was the MASH doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the war, what's that called? The, the um, medic. The <laughs> yeah. It was his collateral duty to do what the nurse's job was while she was doing collateral right, duties. Right. <laughs> So you went to the principal. Yeah, the, assistant the, principal. His name is Mr. Stotes, and 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 he goes, uh, "Do you want to go? Do you want to get stitches, or do we want to put a butterfly on there?" And I said, "I said we'll do it here. I'm not going. In, I don't want to go anywhere." Uh, so he, you know, he starts doing his thing, but it was really bloody, and it, you know, had a trail over there. It wasn't particularly far. As big as the school was, it wasn't far at all. Just across the commons. Anybody that went to school with me will know know what that path was. And um, so naturally we start after a little bit and I kind of start to get it under control. He goes, do I, you know, do it? How did it happen? I said, I was looking in the window, started with that. So he knew it, seemed to know what that meant. And then um, either he said something like, do I need to know or who did it or what happened? I said, yeah, someone kicked the door. And, um, anyway, we got to the point where, I, whether or not I was going to disclose and who it was. And, um, 
I think he said, I'm pretty sure he said something close to, do I need to know or do I want to know or do you want to tell me or something like that? And I said, I said, no, Mr. Stoltz. I said, the problem isn't, the problem isn't with him. It's with me. I said, and I just had, do, do people have, do people have these epiphenomic, <laughs> epiphanistic, these epiphanies like that? I don't know. I haven't had many. I don't know if I've had one this. But that literally that hit to the head, <laughs> like it jarred something in your mental. You went, this isn't about that guy. This is about me. What? Wow. I told Mr. Stoltz, I said, I got to change who I am because it's my fault that one of my peers would be that excited about my injury. It's not his fault. And that was the big, you know, that was the, the germination of this transformation that, that we're talking about today from whatever we call that former fedge to what you, who I am today, you know, uh, in a general sense, you know, my, the ability to kind of live out my belief belief system and become who I really was meant to be versus being kind of handcuffed and, and, um, hogtied into someone that I wasn't designed to be by, by a a piece of Oak to the head, (laughs) (laughs) a very thin piece. So then did you just start all automatically just started being nice to everybody or what happened from there then? Well, I automatically figured out I needed to be that 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 happiness and and uh being settled in you know did I say it earlier I think I did happy in my own skin settled in my own skin that uh, like genuinely calm about hey this is this is the I'm walking around with me and okay. and realizing that Right, so I think right then I knew it was attainable, but it's hard, harder said than right. done. So at that point, I got you this knew whole you... lifetime of habits. Yeah, and so at that point you knew you wanted to change, but weren't necessarily sure how to change. You said you had two things that happened to you that turned you from that selfish fedge to the more yeah. generous fedge. So what was? Did yeah, this lead into the second thing then. Yeah, I think I think close enough. It was that was March. I don't know. It was springtime. Is March, April, or May of my junior year in high school that that took place uh would have been of 82 and so this other the other bookend to this transformation beginning of this transformation or yeah it's a good enough word is it happened uh october 14th on a well the the trip might have started on the october 12th or something so i was a a senior by then and it was in the fall of 82 and i got invited to go on this spiritual retreat for people my age uh you know teens and and I went and I, you know, was presented with an opportunity to um, kind of allow God to assist, assist me in a, in a real, in a real way. I'd go, been going to church this whole time, like we talked about, but I just, I didn't have the, I, I, in my, um, Junior high and early senior high years, I didn't have the desire like that. What I told you about the grade school, that had kind of worn off when I was real young. And I and I said I, that had kind of worn off. I I kind of quit thinking about the 
you know, what had happened is I became more like at school than on, on the weekends in those early grade school years. So the, the times of being like poured out for God, like you had mentioned, got smaller and smaller. And yeah, the, the living... weekends became less and less. Okay. And the, and the, and the obnoxiousness kind of that fed the weeds got smaller kind of, and smaller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, so I like that obnoxious. You turn it to weeds. Like it just took yeah, over, not, took over yeah. the lawn of your life. Yeah, it did. So, but at this retreat, I kind of, I kind of said, "All right, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Like, I, I need help. I, I know that I need to change. I got whacked in the head. I, I got the memo. You know, now how do I, de- now how do I deploy, employ, whatever, what one of the either one of those words or both? How do I do that? And and I came out of there having a pretty sound, sound way of of doing that. And we've kicked around exactly how to, how to put this in in the verbiage, but it's." It's basically saying to God, yeah, I'll replace these more um, knee-jerk, uh, quick, easy, selfish notions yeah. with this. Treat people, you know, with love and and look at look at things through eyes of joy and peace yeah. and and work on being a patient person and a and a kind person. Just like the song you sang, your yeah. life became like that. Wine yeah. that was poured out I, to, to please him by pleasing other people by being. I realized that tapping into God with the goal of those simple words, good and 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 be faithful to your friends, be a good friend to people, and being gentle with people. Do you think I was gentle with art? I was very un- not gentle, <laughs> or whatever that. But after this moment, you get hit in the head. You ask God to help you. Yeah. He changes who you are from the time you got hit in the head until this point, but he, he's trying well, to slowly change who you are, right? Yeah, and I I knew as soon as I got clonked in the head and that all then I knew that the first person I needed to go talk to with art, but I hadn't had the I hadn't had the guts or the So now it had been a while. Now you're a senior. Yeah. Right? The summer had come and gone. The summer come. And so now you're at this thing and you say, God help me, and then you feel like Yeah, and I think in general You didn't want to go talk to art, but well, yeah, after that, I'd go, okay, I'm going to go, you know, like, I'm going like, I, I felt like maybe I was taking God with me or something. Like, I had God on retainer for my trip to art. Like, okay, God, I, this is where I'm going to need you, too, you know. That's kind of a little bit brash now that I hear myself say it for me to have God on retainer. But, you know, at my side is yeah. what I'm trying to say. I don't have a problem with that, by the way. I think that's a cool illustration. Like, yeah. God is right there. But he's not going to force himself into our lives, at least for what I found. It's yeah. like he waits for us to say, hey, would you? I need help with this. Because yeah, he perhaps. loves to help. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. So did you ever go talk to Art then? I did go talk to Art. And, you know, I just said, I've been, I've been a jerk to you, you know, like. Oh, you said something like that, huh? Yeah, I just, and he was so nice, you know, he was, I think he was more relieved that he wasn't going to have to go through the paces anymore than anything else. Right. You know? I'm, I'm sure he was like, I'm glad that probably went home and told his wife, I'm glad that's over. Or I hope it's over. I hope that guy means what he says, but because it was you were that much of a nuisance to him. Yeah. I think I found out later. I think we'll get into it. Maybe uh, I think I found out later. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that okay. part a little bit, but yeah, he um, was not excited when our paths cross and it was, hmm. I don't know if it was damaging, but I inflicted I inflicted pain to him. 
And, you know, I don't want to be that kind of person. And inflicting pain into other people is retains pain for myself. It doesn't, it just multiply. it just takes pain and multiplies it exponentially. It doesn't lessen anything. Which is why that part of Fedge was getting smaller and smaller. The other part was getting bigger and bigger because you're feeding it. And it was just adding more pain to you as you added pain to other people. So can you tell us how Art responded then? Well, um, what happened was my dad, not because of me, but because of my siblings that had gone on before, was on advisory board, <laughs> asked <laughs> asked to be on an advisory board. I think they get, they asked him on a three year term before I got to high school, because <laughs> I don't know if they they would. You know, I'm just imagining uh, hypothetically or like sarcastically a little bit, like the process. Like, oh, this is your stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, I think we'd like to all eyes, all nose. And then, but if I if they'd known I was coming along, they probably would have said. No, not for a not for a parent advisory. So those same brothers that used to inflict oh, those punishment guys, yeah. on you physically they, they were went fine. To, okay, yeah, those guys were fine. Brothers, so, sisters, like so. Your dad had to be uh, was on the advisory board of school. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I, so no, that's fine. That's that's the point I'm trying to get to is that he was around the school a little bit more and knew was dialed in a little bit more than than most parents or some, you know. People knew him a little bit more than they would an average person's garden variety parent. And Art was one of those ones. So my dad then went to would have been probably that first um, teacher conference, parent-teacher conference in November or whatever. I think we every nine weeks, like twice a semester or something. So and and um, then my dad came home and said, you know, that's hard too because Art said to him, kind of both sides, like, something's happened to your son. And, I mean, Art could have trashed me out on the, but Dad said he didn't say, get into details about what I used to be like. Just that, you know, that, that Art had noticed the, the, the change in me. And then my dad came home and said to me, so many times I've gone to conferences, and, you know, he'd come and chew my butt on, on some levels, but he said so many times pe- teachers would say things to me and I couldn't even come back oh, to parent say. teacher conferences. You're yeah. Saying. Throughout the years up until, you know, in my high, earlier high school years or probably junior high too. But he, my dad said how excited he was to be able to come home and tell me word for word what a teacher said when so many times he, even though I would probably get in some, some amount of trouble on a more generic or a macro level in general, hey, uh, your grades are doing this or your citizenship grade mark is bad. There was times that my dad said when he was telling me what Art said that it was so much nicer than the times that people would say things and dad wouldn't even come home and tell me exactly what they said. Wow. So uh, I think what we're what I'm trying to portray for this particular episode is that for future generations, right? Um, for those someday when somebody, like I, I've been saying, is pointing at my picture, like my grandson, it points at Alf King Boyd, right? 
great, great, that guy is my, my grandson's great, great, great grandfather. Someday there'll be a picture of me and, and there'll probably be very likely a, somebody pointing at picture of me. It could be my great, 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 great grandson or, and so the, that's the purpose of the, of the project to start with. And so what I'm saying is it's God's a good, maybe we'll start with God's a good guy to team up with. And these, these attributes of self-control and gentleness and, and kindness and goodness, I lived the polar opposite and now I've, I've lived a lot of years. See, I would have been 17, 56, is that 39, 39. So just short of four decades trying this side out and this one works a lot better and, um, not for a while, but over time, we're going to have some episodes that episode or two of examples where I haven't done a very sure, you know, because it's a process, right? Yeah. But I mean, I went, I, for sure, I can say this. I went from not really caring or like my, my boss at Godfather said, you haven't learned compassion, right? Not caring if I was compassionate or not or kind or gentle because I had bigger things to worry about to that being the focus of mine, trying my best to be compassionate and kind and gentle and, and live a peaceful life, be, uh, show other people peace and patient, be patient with people and myself. All of these things that we brought out today, uh, have kind of become my, what, what my goal in life, my, my macro, my big, big picture, um, view of life is. So I want to ask you two more things in wrapping this thing okay. up really quick. Sure. Okay. You just mentioned your boss again, right? Who said you're not very compassionate from Godfathers. Well, you called that guy out and made fun of him on his way to the, to the bathroom, right? But skip ahead months now. How did oh. you end your time at Godfathers? This is really cool because it shows not only how you had changed, but also shows how it changed your life because what happens when you live according to how when yeah. God's your partner, so to speak. Yeah. So what happened was <clears throat> after that incident, that manager was there a few more months. And that incident didn't happen right in April. It was like maybe three, four, five months before I got clocked, you know, before the world yeah. got the got the oak on the head. But <clears throat> so he came and then I had another another boss come and that boss came and, and we had, we went round and round too. Now that I think about it and then this kind of transformation came, but anyway, by, I think it was February of my senior year, which would have been 83 by then they made me a shift supervisor. So you went from being that guy, the boss of you have no compassion to being a shift supervisor. The only one in the whole crew. I mean, it, it sounds kind of petty now, but I, what that meant, I got to close. We didn't need any managers there. I was the acting manager and it was all my peers for a 17 year old to be yeah i would have been 18 you're by then but 18 and you're in charge of closing the store up you're in charge of the money all that stuff take it That's- to the bank i mean when i first started there it would have been about two years and a couple months after i started there That's and pretty big when i look back on those two all the shenanigans and uh uh time and energy people had to put into me and look in the other way and 
and yet I came out the other side as yeah. the person out of everybody that they handed the keys to. When you ask God to help you, not only did you have the strength to go do it, you talk to art and change all that, but you also you got promoted at work to the point where they trusted you with shutting the place down. Yeah, so. to be truthful with you, in another couple of decades, I want to be art. Nice. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, that, here's the last thing. That's I want. what I want to be. That's the, this is the last thing I want to ask you to do. Why don't you just sing that chorus again? The one that you just sang earlier about the maybe be, I'll just being sing the second out. half of it about the answer to it, huh? That'll be that would be great. All right, let's see if I let's got close it. out with you. I didn't have much of a voice then. I don't know. Uh, right, I, right. Well, the so the final answer of that it goes like this. It's it's the person singing the chorus answering. Answering God and saying, yes, I'll be poured out like wine upon the altar for you. Yes, I'll be broken like bread to feed the hungry. Yes, I'll be so one in you that you can do just as you will. Yes, I'll be light. And life and love, your word fulfilled. And feds, you just didn't sing that. You lived that. And Art's life changed because of it. Thousands of lives since then have changed because of it. And I'm glad that you you made that choice. Thanks you for being so vulnerable and sharing with us. No problem. I I try. I'm trying. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I'm on the vulnerability side. That's well, vulnerability side. That's the whole point. Like that vulnerability is the is the mode of transportation that's going to allow allow my AK Boyd. Is it? Yeah, I'm saying that when I'm here, you become AK I, Boyd. Yeah, yeah, when when I'm in his chair, it, it's <laughs> going to take vulnerability. How else do they? How else is someone that's never ever have gone and met me going to feel like they knew me unless I get vulnerable? I I just. It's, price of doing business i guess thanks thank you guys for watching all right thanks feds for sharing all right we'll see you next time see you next time So if this is something you're interested in archiving your life or archiving life of somebody else that's in your life, you can call us on our voicemail. That's 425-200-HAYS, H-A-Y-S, 425-200-4297. Or email us at podcast at happylife.studio, podcast at happylife.studio, and let us know archiving is something you'd be interested in. And we'll call you. Who knows? I might even have Fedge call you. And uh, we'll talk you through some of the details and see if it's something you want to pursue.